Welcome to Making the Magic, a podcast chatting about all things Disney, Universal and beyond. This week we're really excited to have two guests on the show. We'll be chatting to Katie and Rosie about their Disney podcast, A Sprinkle of Disney. I'm Amanda. And I'm Martin. Thanks for listening to the show today. We know we're starting to get a lot of regular listeners, so a really big thank you to all of you. And if you're a new listener, welcome to the show. Please do go back and listen to our other episodes and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. So on with today's show and we'll be delighted to be welcoming Katie and Rosie who are fellow Disney podcasters. We love listening to Disney podcasts which is how we came across their show, A Sprinkle of Disney. Disney people are always very very friendly to chat to and it's great having a shared passion. Katie and Rosie are both Disney mad as you'll know if you listen to any of their shows. Each week they're packed full of Disney facts as well, including stuff about the parks, films, and Disney merchandise, and plenty, plenty more. Katie actually spent a summer working at Walt Disney World, and we're going to chat a little bit about that to her. So, on with the show. A big welcome to Katie and Rosie. Hi, Rosie and Katie. Thanks very much for joining us to chat about your fabulous podcast, A Sprinkle of Disney, and your Disney trips and your experiences. Uh, Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to be here. Well, for anyone who's listened to your podcast, it's clear that you both really love Disney. You talk about films, Disney merchandise. In fact, it's anything Disney, isn't it? Where did that interest in all things Disney come from? So it was kind of from birth. And I know that sounds a bit intense, but I very much grew up in a Disney household. And my parents collected Disney items. They watched Disney films. They literally had like a cabinet full of bears, like Disney Winnie the Pooh bears. So I was kind of just covered in Disney stuff as I grew up and it was great I wouldn't change it at all but I'm so glad that I had that and I've become a Disney fan through my parents and then from there I just kind of grew because they would always buy the latest DVD and the video as soon as it came out so we'd watch all the films together so it was more of like a tradition for me growing up and now it's become like my favorite thing. Yeah I'm quite similar as well mine is from when I was younger as well I don't remember as clearly as Rosie I remember having the videos I don't remember Mm. watching them but I had them so I must have watched them and my mum had a subscription to the Disney books that we used to get each month so I assume I read those as well and then I I remember kind of hitting teenage years and getting more interested in thinking about working at Disney and then I feel like I'm probably more into it now than I was as a kid because I'm more aware of it now and I can do my own research but I'm the same as Rosie right from day dot really (laughs) So were your family also Disney fans as well? I'm assuming so. I think so. (laughs) Yeah, I think they were. I think because we went to the parks when I was younger. We went to like Florida when I was only about three. So I don't remember that one. So if they've paid that much money to go, I'd assume they like Disney. (laughs) Um, I just don't remember it as specifically, I think, because as we've gotten older, we don't really watch Disney as a family as much anymore, but we'd always go to the cinema to watch the new releases and stuff when me and my brother and my sister were younger than me were younger so it was very much if a Disney film came out we'd go and watch it so I think they were yeah they're just not as into it as I am now like I've surpassed their levels that's why it feels a bit different yeah it sounds a bit like me you know I'm afraid I am still into the Disney and have indoctrinated my children from a very young age and (laughs) yeah still do watch the Disney films it's just they don't want to watch them with me necessarily (laughs) yeah and then how did you guys meet was it through a Disney quiz is that right So we went to uni, the same uni, went to Lancaster Uni together. So we'd never met each other before. So in first year, there was Freshers Week, as there always is. And we both decided to go along to the Lancaster Disney Society quiz, but separately because we hadn't met previously. We went along and we both said to each other, we were really nervous because we were going on our own. We were a bit worried about how it was going to go. But I personally, I was like, I need to make friends. So I'm going to push myself to try and find some Disney friends. And basically, they put you into teams. So if you went as a group, you probably would stay as your group. If you went on your own, you just get added to the already formed groups. So I went along and I was put into a group and it was the Tarzan team. And then just a little bit later, Katie came along and joined us as well. So we did this quiz and it was a pretty massive quiz, wasn't it, Katie? It was like hundreds of people there, right? It was really big. It was massive. So it's, it's crazy that we ended up in the same group just by accident. It was fate, complete fate. And it was. <laughs> that, through that quiz, we then realised that we were basically as equal as each other in terms of Disney fans because we ended up winning the quiz. And then after the quiz, we went to like a bar and had some cocktails together and kind of got chatting, mm. added each other on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And then it became a thing where we both wouldn't go to the Disney events with Disney Society unless the other was going. So it kind of was like a friendship 
based on Disney Society. To it was begin a dependence, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was. Her, like, are you going tonight? And if Rachel's like, no, I was like, well, I'm not going either. Yeah. And even when we did go, we used to meet like further back at the entrance, so we didn't have to go in on our own. And it stemmed from there to being on the committee together to then living together in our third year as well. So that all came about literally because of that one Disney quiz. Was your apartment or house, was it kind of quite Disney-fied? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. There was um, because there was myself, Rosie, and our friend Danielle as well. And we all lived together. We were all on the Disney committee for the society and we all loved Disney. So it was, everyone's bedroom was Disney posters. Yeah. We used to have Disney film nights. Disney Just Dance was quite popular in our house. Oh, that was good. <laughs> yeah, we did that a lot. Yeah. We did. High School Musical Karaoke was quite popular as well. Yeah. I just love the fact that your uni had a Disney society. I wish they'd had things like that when I was at uni. It was brand new the year that we joined, wasn't it, Rosie? And the girl who started it became quite good friends with her, but she was as mad as we were about Disney. And Katie, you took the ultimate sort of Disney plunge and went and worked in Walt Disney World. I did, yeah. In my second year of university, the summer after that year, I moved to Florida for three months <laughs> and just went and lived in Florida for three months and worked there. So I took part in what's called the Cultural Exchange Programme. I found it through the Disney Recruit website. So I think in my first year of uni, I went to Disneyland Paris with my family. And I remember watching the parade and thinking, oh, I want to work here so bad. I was like, I just really want to work in Disney. And I was like, I'm old enough now, I can make it happen. So I went to the Disney website, found that they were hiring English people to go and work in Florida over the summer. So I said yes. <laughs> it was a long process, but it was definitely worth it. Tell us a bit about the casting process that you had to go through. It was long. So I applied in August, I think, late July, beginning of August. And I didn't hear back until mid-December. So from that point, I, it was an application online that even that was quite extensive. So you have to fill in all your information, but then they ask you questions as well, like why do you value cultural exchange? So they're quite deep questions. It's quite hard to, to kind of answer those and feel unique when you're answering them. Then you had to do a cover letter as well and a CV. So I sent all of that off. And then I was invited to a group interview at down in Epping in Essex through the recruitment agency Yummy Jobs. So Disney run all of their UK recruitment for Walt Disney World through that programme through Yummy Jobs Recruitment. So we went to this group interview and we've been quite nervous because it was literally one tiny door in like a long row of shops. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, am I in the right place? I think there was about 500 people that went to that group interview. It was really intense. So I had that interview. It was great. They had a big picture of a castle on the wall that you could take pictures with. And that was where you got to kind of select what roles you'd be interested in. So the great thing about the cultural exchange program is that you can kind of do anything really from lifeguard to merchandise to be friends with characters but you could tick any that you didn't really want to do I think the only two that I ticked were housekeeping and costuming that I didn't really want to do because it wasn't guest facing and I thought I'm not going to fly halfway across the world and spend most of the months in um, a cleaning cupboard it was not my plan <laughs> so I got to that group interview I found, found that out in November I think and then I had to go down to London for an interview with Disney recruiters from America at Disney headquarters that in itself was worth the application process because it's like this massive Massive glass building in Hammersmith in London with a big steamboat willy over the front of the door and a big bejeweled mini like Mickey in the uh, foyer. It was amazing. So I had like a 15 minute interview with a recruiter there and then I just had to wait. And eventually I received the email that I've been successful and I got allocated into merchandise in Disney Springs. Fantastic. So which shops, which boutiques did you work in Disney Springs? So I worked on the west side, so I covered quite a lot of ground. I was in Star Wars Galactic Outpost. I was in Marvel Superhero Headquarters, Candy Cauldron. And then I also worked on the glow carts with all those bubbles, <laughs> bubble ones. That was me. <laughs> and then I also worked in what is now Ever After. Well, I might have changed again now, but it was the general Disney store that used to change quite frequently. I think that was all of them. I was Disney Quest. I actually was there when Disney Quest closed. I had the Disney Quest outfit, the costume. Never got to work there because as soon as I finished my training, it shut down. <laughs> so that was where my home base was. I loved Disney Quest. I really, really liked the pirate virtual, I don't know, ride, what you call it. I've been on that lots and lots of times. I did make the mistake once, though, of going on the, I think it is the Jungle Cruise simulation. Is it Jungle Cruise oh, yeah. They had to stop the ride. I kind of like it was not what I was expecting it to be. And yeah, completely embarrassed my family. As Martin and I, you know, we talked before, I'm more of a shows and a kind of like not extreme ride sort of mm. person. But yeah, even couldn't cope with the virtual jungle cruise. 
me and my friends got really into it, like with all the screaming and shouting and excitement. And then all, when we got out, all these kids on the rafts and the ones next to us were looking at us like we were absolutely stupid. I was like, well, we've embraced the magic. So if you can't. <laughs> well, that's the problem with that ride as well, isn't it? Because it is out in the open and everyone can see you. Yeah. So, you know, the pirate one, at least you're in like your own little room. And so yeah. we always ended up having rows about who was just standing on what <laughs> side of the boat and everything. But the raft ride is, uh, yeah, everyone can see you if it's not going so well. And so did you get into the parks much or did you have the opportunity to go and work in the stores in the parks? Yes and yes. So I, if I wasn't working, I was in the parks. Basically, I was either there or Universal because one of the benefits of living in Florida for the three months was I actually got Florida residency discount in Universal parks as well. So I managed to get a massive reduction on that annual pass, which is really good. So I was either in Disney or I was in Universal or I was eating at a Disney restaurant. Um, so you could go over to the dark side of Universal then? I did, I did. Not as often as I would have liked to because Disney was easier because if I was working, Disney spring shift tended to be in the evenings. Um, so if you were a CP, or like, obviously I was a CUP, but they just grouped all the college program students together. You tend to get like the closing shift. <laughs> so I used to work usually from about four or six. So it was easier for me to get to work from a Disney park. So I spent loads of time in the parks. I absolutely loved them. I also did manage to work in them because that was my one disappointment about where I was placed that it wasn't a park I really wanted to work in a park so I made it my mission because merchandising thankfully was one of the the only roles that you can jump between so easily so I worked in Magic Kingdom a few times I worked um, on Main Street twice I think I worked in the Tinkerbell and Mickey gift shop I worked on the exit carts out of Magic Kingdom I worked in the hat shop which was a really stressful five minutes because I was definitely not trained enough to work in that shop <laughs> I also worked in Frenchland as well, which is quite a funny story. I wore the wrong costume. So I was supposed to wear like an all white costume for like the glow carts in, you know, like the water carts that walk around yes. Magic Kingdom. And when you pick up a shift at a different shop in Disney World, you can go on to, it's a bit like a Disney World wiki for, for employees. You can kind of check what costume you need. So my costume was like a stripy purple, orange, yellow, like jumpsuit for Adventureland I turn up and they're all in like white socks white trainers white pants and I was like oh my goodness this is so embarrassing so it worked out quite well though because they then put me in Adventureland on uh, in the Agro Bar shop so that was great and I also got to work in the Hollywood Tower of Terror studios shop as well so I got about I definitely got about quite a bit <laughs> that's very cool I had a very similar experience when I worked in Disney store over here one day I got asked to go work in Adventureland and I went to costuming and said I'm working in Regland today, gave them the name of the store. They got it mixed up with a restaurant which was closed <laughs> at the time and gave me the server's outfit, which was basically like Aladdin, kind of like Arabian, yeah. these really wide trousers and things like that. Everyone else is in this khaki outfit. It's like they're on safari. And I'm standing there like I'm Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, oh, and they said do you want to go back and change and I went nah it's only for one day isn't it so it's okay but <laughs> I don't know why costuming gave me this outfit for this restaurant which has been closed for about two years oh my so I don't goodness. know why they thought that. oh yeah suddenly the restaurant's open today for the first time in two years and one person turned up for a shift it's so awkward as well when you arrive in a new place and you don't know anyone in Disney World it's like underneath as well so it's this cage they're all ready I think I was like running late because I was lost as well and I got to the cage and they all I'm not joking they all had like their like white peak caps on and everything and I'm there looking like I've got to like start dancing so you've got like you know they had a friend like me like it was not it was not the right vibes <laughs> at all and obviously because with Disney World the costuming is like a bus away so I couldn't just go and get changed it was a very stressful experience but it worked out quite well in the end <laughs> And did you get to go in the utility doors under the Magic Kingdom to get around and about? I did, yeah. I loved the utility doors. They're, they're amazing and they, there's like quite a few little nice secrets about the utility doors. So um, underneath where the utility doors are, all of the walls are painted to correspond with the land that is above it. So you kind of go from like pink in Fantasyland into green or orange. I can't remember which way it went because they all interconnect. But it's great because... And all the doors are like labelled with like door 23 or whatever and with the rides that they lead to. So even underneath, Disney managed to keep that level of magic. Um, and one of the best places in the utility doors is like the canteen cafeteria, but it's Disney, so they call it the Mouseketeria. And it was the things you see in the Mouseketeria, you, you see like Gaston looking really lost with his pizza. Like it was <laughs> it was definitely some amazing experiences in the utility doors, definitely. I did the Keys to the Kingdom tour there a few years ago and they took you down, obviously not all around and we still 
certainly didn't get to go and see people eating their lunch. But just to have that little peek, you know, kind of behind the curtain, I think if you're a Disney fan, is an amazing thing to do. You just have to be careful it doesn't take away from the magic because as soon as you do go behind the scenes, it's not quite as glitzy as it is when you're on stage, is it? It's not, but one thing I learned when I work there, you know, like where the floats come in and out of, like those big doors, obviously I didn't realise were doors until they moved, <laughs> and they're just walls <laughs> in Disney World. They actually have to make all of the behind the scenes still look like it's on show, because if they ever have fire exits, they have to go out that way. So even if you are risking a fire, Disney still keep that magic. But once you get to the tunnels, it isn't quite as glamorous you are. <laughs> yeah, no, we've certainly done that on very busy nights at the Magic Kingdom where they've opened up the behind the scenes areas to get you out or coming out of Phantasmic. Yeah, it is sort of like, I'm not sure I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. And then Casey, on your Instagram, I know you've got lots and lots of pictures from your time in Orlando and also your blog on there too. So we'll definitely share those and put them on the show notes. So if people want to go and have a look at what you're up to when you're out in Orlando, uh, I'm sure that'll be really good fun for them. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I need to update my blog a little bit more, but definitely my Instagram, all of the photos I post on Instagram are all from that programme. That is why I made the Instagram, because I thought my main feed are going to be sick of Disney photos. (laughs) So I need to find people that are interested. That's where my Instagram was born from. Rosie, were you sick of lots of Disney photos? (laughs) was it was a real struggle that summer I remember it because I was just working in like retail just in Manchester in the rainy weather as well and <laughs> and then I just see Kate like posting that she'd been on all these rides met all these characters and I just I, yeah it was a struggle to be honest I mean I was happy for her but... <laughs> especially because Rosie and I had kind of been like in a weird secret pact because none of us had been to could remember going to world so I'd gone when I was three but didn't remember it at all yeah so all of our friends had been to Florida and we were like well we haven't been it's fine and then I betrayed her and went and lived there three months. you betrayed me and then COVID then betrayed me last year so <laughs> it's just not meant to be um, what was the first ride you did when you worked over there did you choose a particular ride or a park to go into it was Space Mountain actually because the way it works was when you get there you obviously don't get your like pass it instantly you have to wait until you've been to Disney University and then you get like so you have your initial training with traditions you kind of learn it's really magical actually because they say they teach you all like here's how to be a good cast member all the theory stuff and then they say oh where can we go for examples and the trainers literally take you on a bus to the Utilidors and they bring you around to see the castle as part of your training which was crazy um, and then it was after that day because we'd all received like our um, access then so me and my friends went to Magic Kingdom first of course I wanted to see that castle again and Space Mountain was just the first thing we ended up on because I didn't really know a lot about Florida at the time I didn't have a plan when I went I didn't have any checklists I didn't have anything at all I just went and was like let's just do it as the months went on obviously I, there was more specific things I wanted to do and experience I'd spotted them but I definitely didn't go in with a plan or a guide to what I wanted to do which whatever was the shortest queue I think it's my plan a lot of the time as well just whatever I've got the shortest queue that'll do that's okay and jump <laughs> yeah. onto that okay. that's why I only rode Peter Pan's flight once in the entire three months I was like I am not standing in that queue again <laughs> And Rosie, so would you fancy having a job with Disney at some point? Yes, definitely. That's the goal at some point to work for Disney in some form. I would love to work in the parks at some point, probably in merchandise like Katie did, because as you've said, I love merchandise. But I think like further down the line, I'm hoping to work with kind of helping create the merchandise, like be in the merchandise team or like manage the team and be involved in that process, because I would love to be a part of the team that get to create all the amazing merch that we get to see on like Shop Disney or in the parks. When I was a customer over here, I actually had helped design a soft toy so they do actually they do actually ask Casper because I was one of the only English people like permanently working over here so people remember who you are and the director of merchandise was English so I always got pushed out every time he come Uh. around and and he asked one day he just said oh we're doing this panel like a feedback on the merchandise do you want to come along so I went along and we basically between us designed a soft toy which is still on sale today oh, wow. yeah i think they actually have them in orlando now it's the baby simba in a leaf i've had that for years yeah yeah i helped design it that's so cool um, do, do you know what do you know <laughs> i've got to ruin the, <laughs> spot oh, the magic no. a little bit. <laughs> i've been to a chinese restaurant the night beforehand and in france when you have what's a nem called a nem is a spring roll and when you have a spring roll in france they wrap it in 
lettuce and then you dip it. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> I still have that image in my head. And that is effectively what this toy is. It's a yeah. spring roll <laughs> with a lettuce leaf right around it. Wow. <laughs> so, that, is, that is ruining the magic. Well, yeah. <laughs> <that's what> <laughs> but they have different ones now and they have lots of different sort of characters. So it's kind of quite nice to... And it was always the number one selling thing. So it was good to see when it came in. Wow, this is the number one selling toy and we helped to kind of design it which is good i can't believe it of all the toys you could have designed it's one of the like because i don't have a lot of plush and um, yeah. more into plush than me yeah. like, I, I like specific special plush so that is one of the only ones i have so what a coincidence now i know you both love disneyland paris and you've got you know pictures on your instagram of your trips there and you, you've been a few times haven't you have you stayed in any of the on-site hotels there yes i've stayed at hotel cheyenne which I know is one of the more value, I guess, on-site resorts. I loved it there. I thought it was great. I mean, I haven't stayed at any of the other ones, any of the other Disney hotels at Disneyland Paris to compare it to, but I stayed there for five nights and I also had the meal plan and I thought it was a really nice hotel. I loved the whole like Wild West decor and aesthetic. I loved that I could meet Woody after breakfast. I love there's like a saloon and you could go on like pony rides, like kids would go on pony rides. It really did feel like you were in like a Wild West kind of land, like a frontier land sort of thing. It was really, really nice. I really enjoyed it. And I'd definitely go back, but I'd also love to try all of the other ones. And obviously one day the Disneyland Hotel. Of course, if I come into a lot of money, I'll be going there. <laughs> Every time we discuss going, we just for fun price up the Disneyland yeah. Hotel. And then we're like, ah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think everybody sees the Disneyland Hotel, don't they? Because you've got to walk under it to get in the Disneyland Park and that beautiful pink palace. It does just look amazing. And steps away from the parks. It's yeah. definitely hard to beat for location. I have been fortunate enough to stay there myself. Wow. And oh, it okay. is lovely. And last time I was out visiting, Martin in January. We didn't stay there, but we had some very nice drink in the bar, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we had very nice drinks there. Um, and ate in the California Grill, which is the signature restaurant there. Right. And been to Inventions, the restaurant. So, I mean, I think the thing is, even if you don't stay there, I mean, as you probably know, you can go and enjoy the facilities of those hotels. And especially as you're walking out of the parks, it couldn't be more convenient to pop in for exactly. a drink or two. Yeah, I definitely found the bars a real benefit when I I stayed in the Sequoia, Sequoia, I never know how I have to say it, <laughs> um, Lodge. And I just turned 18 when I went with my best friend at the time. And so to drink was really exciting. So getting to go to that bar and the bar in Sequoia Lodge is, oh my gosh, like with the roaring fire and all like the cabin theme. It just, it, you felt like you were at a ski lodge in the middle of nowhere. It was amazing. And I love the whole vibe of that hotel because it's quite different to normal Disney. It's a bit more subdued. So you've got like the brother bear theme and the Bambi theme, which are a bit more like understated, I think, which is really nice. I think if you're looking for like a more, adult in inverted commas <laughs> like decor that was definitely one to go for but you're right having those bars is, is lovely and the bars have the atmosphere of the hotel so i know we've chatted about next time we go like when the marble hotel opens we definitely want to yes. try that bar. We've said, haven't we? we are all counting down the days yeah we've got many 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 people on waiting lists to go and stay at the hotel new york but no, we will get there won't we? and martin you've been kind of up until recently been monitoring progress on what's been happening there yeah, well, that's the thing is, for me to go anywhere, you generally have to go via Disney because that's where the train station is. So to get to Paris, to Disney. So I go past most of the hotels. And so I go past Hotel New York on quite a regular basis. <laughs> so I'm look, always looking out going, right, they're testing the lights in how many bedrooms today. The lights are on inside these bedrooms. And you can kind of see a bit in and they're testing the outdoor lighting and the, oh, they finished the car park. The car park's finished now. <laughs> can't out far away because the car park's finished. Why would you finish the car park? They haven't changed the signage yet. So I kind of figure when the signage gets changed, that's when it's got to be pretty close to being done. Talking about the Cheyenne again, Rosie, I mean, I think certainly our clients who've got younger children really love it because of the Toy Story theming. And it's a little bit further away from the parks than some of the other hotels. But so did you walk to the parks or did you get the shuttle bus? Yeah, so we kind of varied it actually. So I think on the shuttle bus, it took about eight minutes. And then if you walked it, I think it estimated about 20 minutes. But I think if you walk faster, obviously you're desperate to get to Disney so you're practically running. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it took about 10 minutes and it wasn't a bad walk either it was nice and you knew you were walking to Disney and actually if you've got kids 
probably a good way to like get them to start off the day, burn a bit of energy before they get into the park and let loose. And it was beautiful grounds as well where Cheyenne and Santa Fe are because they're so far away. It's quite remote and it's quite quiet as well, which is quite nice if you like a quiet atmosphere when you get back from the parks and if you like a good night's sleep as well. So, yeah, I loved it and I definitely recommend it um, for people with kids. But also I went as a couple with my boyfriend and we loved it. I mean, he's basically just with a big kid anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, no, but we loved it there. And what are your must-dos at Disneyland Paris, Rosie? Oh, there's still things I haven't done that I still want to do. But my must-dos, I need to ride Big Thunder Mountain because I love that ride. I love that it's on like an island and you're in the middle of a lake. And when you're on the top of that ride, you get such a nice view of the whole park. It's really, really cool. So definitely that ride. I'd say meeting characters. I know, obviously, I've heard about how the system's not quite as good as it is in Florida. We did use the Lion Bitty app when we went there and met some characters in the studios and we thought that actually was a really good process kind of pre-booking and then getting told when you were available to go and meet a character it seemed to work quite well I love meeting Winnie the Pooh and Daisy Duck and all of the characters I could possibly meet definitely recommend doing that we also really enjoyed the steakhouse I think it's called Silver Spur Steakhouse the one near Big Thunder Mountain I'd definitely say go for a a steak meal there if you're a fan of steaks they also had like a kids menu as well I think with like burgers on so obviously if you've got kids they've still got something to eat there's still so much I want to do there I mean I've been four times and I've still got loads on my to-do list to go back so is there anything you haven't done at Disneyland Paris that you want to do? I've not been on all of the rides. Until my last trip, I hadn't been on Crush's Coaster. That was a real like big aim of mine to get on that ride because whenever I went, the queues were like 80 minutes or longer and that always put me off going. But then that time we just basically got there as soon as we could that day. And it was still like an hour queue, but we were like, we just need to do it to get on this ride. And we loved it. So I think... I've probably got some more rides in the main park to do. I've got loads of restaurants to do. I'd love to go to, is it called the Plaza Restaurant? Yes, and I'd like to go to Waltz as well. Victoria's, I've heard, has some nice milkshakes. So there's lots of food places that I haven't been. I've I've kind of only done like a couple of sit-down restaurants and then mostly like a lot of things like just having McDonald's in the village. So I'd definitely love to experience Chez Remy as well. I'd love to experience that one because I quite like French cuisine and I love Ratatouille as well. So yeah, I think I haven't met a lot of characters I'd love to meet too. I didn't meet Stitch. To be honest, that's my main aim in life and he wasn't out to meet when I went and I was devastated. So Ah, did you do the Stitch live? I didn't do it on that trip. I did it on a previous trip with my family, actually. And I loved it. I think my family were kind of like, this is a bit cringe. But I was sat there like, this is so great. It's like I'm actually speaking to Stitch. No, it's <laughs> so, really fun. And yeah, it's, it's so good. Every time as well, and you always think, oh, am I going to get picked yeah, on or asked a question? And the like dread. That. And the kids <laughs> think it's amazing. I loved it. I thought it was great. I think it's great for all ages as well. I know like sometimes adults get a bit embarrassed with the whole maybe being pulled up and having to interact and things. But it is just really fun. I've been sent to space prison in there. I've had to get up and dance at the front as well. So, yeah, I've been embarrassed in that show a few times. When we were there last, you got picked on, didn't you? I think maybe people who are friends with Stitch recognise you and always seem to pull you up. Yeah. <laughs> so we did a show a couple of weeks ago comparing Disney World and Disneyland Paris. So, Katie, you've been to both. How, how did you think they compared or what do you like most at one or the other? I think they are surprisingly completely different places. They still have that magic, but they're a massively different experience. When I went to Florida, I didn't anticipate the size volume. I just didn't. Having been to Paris with the two parks, you could walk between um, and like the Disney Village again, just there. You could walk it all if you wanted to. That was a massive shift for me. I remember going under the Walt Disney World sign and just seeing loads of motorway and being like, where is the park? Like, what's happening? <laughs> So I think kind of pros and cons, obviously, Disney World is massive, which is a pro and a con, I think. I think you can sometimes leave having not done everything that you wanted to do. I was there for three months and I still haven't done half the things I wanted to do. So especially if you've got a big group of people, it can be hard to kind of accommodate everybody in. Because normally if you go to Paris, like I've done with my family, it's easy to split up in Paris and say, okay, we'll split up and do these things and then join back together for dinner. Florida doesn't lend itself as well to that, I don't think. So if you're a family who kind of splits between, like my family, myself and brother and my dad prefer the big rides. 
but my sister and my mum will do like the character meet and greets and the smaller ones. We'll normally split up and then kind of reconvene at a certain time. Imagine trying to do that in Florida with the buses, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> um, so I think Paris is, is great for that. I also think Paris is great for smaller kids as well. There's a lot more to do across both parks for younger children, I'd say. Florida has like the wow moment of like, oh my gosh, it's so big, there's so much Disney. Whereas I feel like Paris has that extra level of detail because it is slightly smaller so one of my favorite parts about Paris is the dragon underneath Sleeping Beauty Castle which you don't get in Florida and I think again it's that extension of the world that they can do a little bit more of that extra detail in Paris because it is smaller. I also think that Paris has a lot more like hidden gems so I'll be honest I've never been to a sit-down character dining meal in Paris. I completely forgot there were even them there <laughs> because it's all kind of so well themed. Like, but I really want to go to the cat. I don't like seafood, but I really want to go to Captain Jack's just because of the theming. I think the theming is so cool. And I, I think sometimes people can think, oh, because Paris is smaller, it's not as good. I just think they're different. They're just different experiences. I think when you come away from Paris, you just, I normally feel like a greater sense of accomplishment because you've managed to like tick off loads of things on the map. Whereas in Disney World, you still like, oh, for goodness sake, it's like three quarters of the map that I haven't touched. There's definitely benefits to both. I know when I was in America, lots of um, American families would kind of ask me about the European Disney because for them that was quite an exotic idea, which is funny thinking from our point of view because for us, obviously, Florida is the one that's further away. So I'd say they definitely both have their merits, um, but obviously Florida is probably a longer trip as well than Paris. And if you you get away with like a two-week trip in Disneyland Paris with the same level of variety that you would in Florida. So I, I'm really excited when we reopen to maybe go for like long weekends and stuff in Paris because it's more accessible as it. That's the first thing me and Rosie are going to book, isn't it? Me and Rosie and Danielle are going to book. We're waiting to yeah. book on Paris trip when we can. We're so ready. We've kind of got our planning done and ready. We just need We've got the ears ready as well. We have. <laughs> Rosie's got us all matching ears ready to go. <laughs> How many sets of ears do you have? Four. I don't have an extensive amount. I only had two up until Christmas when Rosie bought me two more. I had one like classic mini ears from when I must have been younger because I don't remember, remember getting them. I then have one um, set of like, you know, like the, the bell ears. And they normally have a crown on the front. But when I worked in Florida, when you have like the cast connections, which is like the cast member only shop where you can go and get like discounted things. And there's a little room in the back called Mickey's Treasures that only cast members can go into. And I got these ears for five dollars because the crown had come off the front. But ironically, I preferred it without the crown because it looks more grown up. So that was definitely <laughs> five dollars well spent. <laughs> Definitely looks more grown up, and you could wear those around Walmart if you wanted to. Exactly. Yeah. Batter an eyelid, yeah. one with a crown on, people would notice, and people would well, judge. Exactly. <laughs> there was no cartoon on this; it's just like detailed glitter. So it's very civilized, Disney. <laughs> Rosie has far more ears than I do, though, because you have those nice stitch ears, don't you? I have like twelve pairs now. I was well. accumulating them. Yeah, I was accumulating them for my Disney trip for last year. So I bought loads for my May trip in 2020, and then obviously that didn't end up happening. But then since then, I was like, oh, I'll just accumulate some more so I can plan my outfits for when I eventually do get to go. And then I kind of took a picture of them on my Instagram and I realized how many I actually had. And I did not realize I had so many. My favorite pair is this like stitch pair of ears. Uh, it's his ears. It's sequins. It's really, really cute. I got them from an Etsy shop. I One day I want to wear them and meet Stitch. That's That will be my life made if that ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many different sorts of ears now, aren't there? You know, the ones that you buy officially from Disney and then you say lots from Etsy and handmade ones. I think, you know, when I first went to the park, you had your Mickey and your Minnie ears. And yeah, that was it. classic standard and, and, ones. Yeah, and then they were the hardest plastic, um, you know, that you put around your head that you would get a very bad headache if you wore them for more than half an hour. Whereas yeah. I really love all the ears. I have... Probably maybe not as many pairs as you, Rosie, but if I kind of, with together with my daughter, I've probably got a fair few here. They're just so pretty. It's hard not to get them because I know when I eventually do go to Disney World, I will probably come back with loads more because the theming yeah. is just so beautiful. <laughs> like the snack ears. I really want like the donut ears, the Mickey bar ears. There's so many that already appeal to me. I've got like a list <laughs> to come back with. Yeah, I can't buy anymore because I've got my four pairs now like hanging on the wall and they look good. If I get any other pairs, it's going to be uneven. So I'm not going to be able to buy any more pairs of ears. When you were working over there, Katie, did you buy any special piece of merchandise to remind you of the trip? I had to limit myself and my spending because I was going traveling for two weeks afterwards along the northeast coast of America. So I had to restrain myself a little bit more because I had to save at the same time. But I did. I bought 
I bought like the Winnie the Pooh Big Feet plush was the big one, I think, that really I kind of it was on my bed. Like he's a reminder of the Florida. Um, I have quite a few pins that I was kind of like found. I didn't actually buy pins, but I have loads of different pins that would mean something to me, like from the trip. And to be honest, I didn't buy a lot when I was out there at all. I bought the cast member. You can buy like the lanyards for like your like cards and stuff. And they do cast member ones in Disney University where you can have, you can choose your own character on it. So one of my favorite things I bought there is that. And it's got Merida on it. It's really cool because everyone used to wear theirs around like backstage and you can kind of tell what, characters people like which is really cool and when you meet people for the first time it was quite a nice way to start a conversation starter so I didn't know if I didn't buy as much I spent most of my money on food <laughs> when I was over there is there any particular restaurant that sort of stood out for you and was like, like when you go back Ooh. next time that's the one you're going to have to go and eat at oh that's a great question I know the one for breakfast I have to go back to 1900 Park Fair for that breakfast they had Alice in Wonderland red velvet pancakes I have had dreams about for the last three years I don't know what was in them I don't know how they were made I just I've never tasted anything like that before in the world that was amazing so breakfast has to be there I also what was the other one that I really liked um I was gutted actually I missed out on I was supposed to go to um Ohana but I couldn't go because I was ill we had a birthday meal and I was I had to go home early and everyone raved about it so I had to go back there because everyone I missed out so that's what I want to do there was just so much food so many options I also really want to do the Trattoria place you know where they do the Rapunzel pancakes because Tangle is my favorite Disney film so the fact that I didn't get to go there it's one of my big regrets it's my first thing I'm doing next time no well it's always good to have a list of things still to do you can't complete everything otherwise you wouldn't need to keep going back would you that's, that's what so I true. say anyway <laughs> so we sort of came across you through your podcast that you started last year a sprinkle of Disney so why did you decide to start a podcast that's a great question <laughs> why did we Rosie <laughs> so basically all we do is talk about Disney when we catch up <laughs> so we never run out of things to talk about with Disney and obviously we've both got our Instagram accounts and we've both got our blogs about Disney things and one day I think Katie was doing a quiz on Facebook and you run like a big quiz and it was really good it went really well oh, yeah do you forget about it <laughs> I forgot that was the trigger for it. Yeah, I ran yeah. like a Disney quiz via like from my Instagram, just kind of like online, um, streamed on YouTube and Facebook. So yeah, yeah, I forgot that was the trigger. Yeah, yeah. So from that, Katie was like, "Oh, we should do a quiz together." And then I think we just suddenly were like, "Oh, we should do a podcast." And then mm-hmm. I think at the time we we were both not sure how serious we were, and then yeah. we kind of looked into it. And then we realized it was possible to set it up. And then we kind of just came up with like a plan of what we talk about. And then it just kind of happened. And we've now on our 13th episode. Yeah, so, we definitely fell into it, I think. Didn't yeah. We? we both listen to podcasts kind of quite sporadically. I have ones that I don't tend to stick with them. I tend to kind of dip in and out of different episodes of different yeah. um, series. And we were kind of chatting about that, I think, as well and about I think I'd started a new one or something like that. Yeah. And we just thought we'd give it a go. So we did quite a bit of research before we started. Our podcast name, so Sprinkle Disney, is a blend of our both of our Instagram names as well. So we were quite lucky in the way that we just seemed to... Me and Rosie are very in sync, so it was really yeah. easy to start because we don't really argue. No. <laughs> Not to jinx it, but we don't argue as friends. So it just seemed like a really natural thing for us to do. We thought, we talk about Disney anyway, we might yeah. as well record it and see how that goes. And I think we've both got different parts of Disney that we like like we've got like I love like Pixar for example and obviously like you've got a really good knowledge of like general Disney classic films you do Katie does quizzes um for me and our friend Danielle and they're always like really really like good quality ones whereas I'm like more of a Pixar kind of franchise kind of fan so I love like Star Wars Mm. as well and Marvel and all that kind of stuff so it's quite interesting because we've got different takes on things and we've also got different opinions as well haven't we so we don't we don't just agree with each other which I think probably makes it more interesting yeah I think that is nice and we learn from each other. So I never, I think I watched like a tiny little bit of Marvel. I followed Marvel when it was like in the cinemas briefly, but I got more into it through Rosie and our other friend Danielle yeah. because they're more into the franchises. So we definitely teach each other things about Disney, which is nice as well. So we thought, well, if that's how we work as a pair, that would probably mm. make for quite a good rounded podcast. And it seems to be working. <laughs> yeah. For those people who haven't listened to it yet, what sort of things do you talk about? What's your kind of format? 
We started with the idea of four different threads. Every four weeks we do like a Disney classic. So like the episode we're recording this week is our fourth Disney classic. Um, so it's Dumbo this week. So we're doing that like chronologically in order, kind of reviewing the film, discussing yeah. it in context, discussing it like at the time, how it is now. We do character reviews and stuff. We then kind of decided to do like a Disney Plus thread and like a franchise thread. We looked at doing a parks thread and we also looked at like another, so like a special, a special thread for things like Halloween and Christmas. So we did a month, didn't we, of those four and kind of looked at our stats and people really loved the film ones. Mm. <laughs> um, so we tend to focus quite a lot on film reviews, film discussion. It tends to be like, I think, our specialty. It's where we get the most listens, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. But we still dip into everything. So we have parks episodes, we have Marvel episodes. We love a special. So if it's Halloween, if it's Christmas, <laughs> we're there. Yeah. So it's definitely a bit of everything because, as Rosie said, we like everything. So our most recent one was to do with the Disney Investor Day announcements in December. So we just kind of went through and discussed kind of what they are, what they mean, our thoughts. So we're quite a casual podcast as well. Yeah. We don't tend to kind of overload information and stuff because we know there's, there's great podcasts out there that do that. So we're, we try to be a little bit more conversational about it, I think. I think the, the way we've always seen it is because we're just chatting as friends, we hope that it comes across as, as if like people can kind of chat with their friends about Disney with us. It's kind of the way we've always seen it. Yeah, or it encourages them to watch the film that we're yeah. talking about and reviewing if they haven't seen it already or going back to watch it potentially especially at the moment when there's not a lot else to do and all the new releases on Disney Plus as well like we did an episode on Soul recently mm-hmm. um, literally the week it came out yeah. um, people seem to love that kind of stuff so and we love recording it as well don't we so we do and we find a balance I think between because we've done like Snow White Fantasia Pinocchio and then Dumbo is coming up so we kind of have a balance of like the traditional stuff and the modern stuff as well yeah. because we know that people out there will be more traditional like we're probably more modern I think in yeah our I'd agree but it's been really nice for us to go back like I hadn't watched Snow White or Pinocchio in years so it's really nice for us to go back and have an excuse to watch those films as well and then you were saying that sometimes you don't always agree so is there a movie that one of you feels more passionately about and one of you is a bit more there or doesn't really like we don't like the same things like we're both quite passionate about well, I'm going to say there's two that we kind of agree on that we're not fans of. The Good Dinosaur is not one that we're a fan of. The Nutcracker in the Four Realms, we were sorely disappointed by. So we're, we're quite good at, like, when we don't like a film, we're very in tune there. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say there's anything that we, like, have a massive disagreement on, but our favourites are very different. So, like, my favourites are, like, Tangled, Brave, Princess and the Frog and Moana, and Rosie's are quite different, aren't they? Yeah, so mine are Lilo and Stitch, Big Hero 6, and Beauty and the Beast. So they are quite different. Rosie's really more towards films that have animals in them. If you listen to our podcast, she's obsessed with animals I and am. Disney films. <laughs> so Rosie tends to find those more interesting. Like, I enjoy them, but I probably wouldn't watch them as often as Rosie would. So I think we don't tend to have like massive disagreements on the films. We just have our different areas of interest, I think. So one of the things I really like on your podcast are the fun facts that you have every episode. So do you have any little facts you could share with us? We do. And so the the way that we structure our podcast is we tend to split it into segments and each segment is split by a Disney fun fact that's themed on the episode. So today, Rosie and I have both kind of brought a fun fact from our favourite Disney film. So I will go first. So my favourite Disney film is Tangled. So in Tangled, the famous lantern scene almost looked very different. Animators originally considered using fireworks instead of lanterns. John Lasseter loved the idea because he had once lit a lantern with his wife in Bora Bora. Can you imagine it as fireworks? It wouldn't be quite the same. No, 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 no. It wouldn't be. It's a lot more romantic. Um, yeah. And I think so many people, so many people have copied this idea. I think there was a bit of a wave after Tangle came out of lots of people having these lanterns yeah. at their weddings and celebrations and things. At so yeah, Tangled has a lot to answer for for it all does. those lanterns. Yeah. yeah, we shouldn't be doing that in real life because that kills cows and things. Yeah, so we just hide <laughs> the animals. But you can, I mean, I don't know, Katie, if you've done this in the Magic Kingdom, you can go and have your photo taken yes, outside the Tangled bathroom <laughs> with the lantern. Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. It was, a, I, it was one of those things I kept thinking, oh, the queue's too long, the queue's too long. And it got tapped the night before I was leaving and I was like, I have to stand in this queue. <laughs> like, even if it's hours, I have to get it. So, yeah, that was one of my favourite photos from there because that is such a magical, as if they're toilets it's such a lovely picture of a toilet 
I know. And are you just is it weird to have favorite toilets in a theme park? I know. Because they're mine. No, yeah. I, I have favorite toilets over it. Yeah. <laughs> but are they themed toilets or are they just like you like them? <laughs> it's more that they're empty. It's more that they're generally quiet. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like these ones because no one knows where they are, they're hidden. It was hard yeah, in the tangled bathrooms though, because like you know when you walk just in and there's that massive purple like mandala type thing on the wall. I really wanted a photograph, but it's right in the doorway. I was like, so I don't really want to block people's entrance to the bathroom. And how about you, Rosie? Have you got a fun fact for us? Yeah, so um, my favourite Disney film is Big Hero 6. It does change every now and then, but I think that is my favourite I've decided on now. So I've got a fun fact about that. So San Francisco, which is the world that the animators created for Big Hero 6, is bigger than those of Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph and Frozen combined. And San Francisco is basically San Francisco and Tokyo combined into a wonderful wacky world it's amazing so I just thought that was insane because I don't think you realize how big a world can be when it's animated like I'd never would have thought that'd be bigger than all of those I think when they fly over the city or what the world or whatever that feels like that's when you see how big it is like the yeah. detail and the flying over I think that's when that fact becomes quite real I think have you seen the ride in Tokyo no is it there now I didn't know if it was a new ride yeah, it opened in September last year. Oh. I mean, it's only like a little kid's... You know the little cars ride they have over here in Paris opposite Crush's Coaster? Yeah. It's that, but Baymax. It's undercover, and it has this kind of funky, kind of cool music, and Baymax is like the DJ, so the lights change. Oh, that's, that's really so cool cute. Version, yeah. That's it's really a very cute. Tokyo version of which essentially quite a simple kids ride but yeah yeah and plussed it so it, it does look amazing oh i definitely need to get on that at some point yeah tokyo is the best one <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying that your next trip's going to probably be to disneyland paris as soon as we're able to travel again but hopefully be able to get a bit further afield and see some of those asia parks as well i hope so and i, yeah. I have in florida like withdrawals and Rosie is hopefully going to make it to next year hopefully you'll, you'll be I just fun need trip. to actually experience it because I've heard yeah. so much about it I planned so hard for my Florida trip and then just got ripped away so as soon as I could go there I'm going I think I just missed like the um because I made so many friends there as well who still work there and when I said bye little did I think it would be like over four years since I would see them again so that was really strange yeah, no, I think we're all missing our Disney trips, aren't we? It's yeah. <laughs> so we always finish our show with some top tips for people visiting the Disney park. So, Katie, having been living out there for three months when you're working there, you must have loads of tips. So could you share some with us? The first one is about water, because you can spend a fortune on water when you go to Disney park. In America, it's like $3 for a bottle. I was like, I'm not paying that. So if you go to like a, a quick um, service point you can get water for free you just ask them for ice water and you can get it for free without paying the extortionate price of three dollars a bottle especially in america when it gets so hot and you don't want to carry a bottle around with you either you kind of just want one sip and you want to go you don't want to be carrying it around especially if you've got five kids or like you're a group of 10 no one wants to spend that amount so ask for ice water when you get to the till that's definitely one of my big tips and then the second one is if you really want to experience character dining or sit down dining at the parks Dinner prices tend to be hiked up over lunch prices. The menus tend to be quite similar. And to be fair, when you go to a dining situation, you go for the environment. You don't tend to go for the food normally. So I'd always recommend kind of trying to book lunch if you're trying to save some pennies as well. And you're trying to get a reservation because lunch tends to be less popular than dinner and also cheaper. So most of my dining options were either breakfast or lunch because they're much cheaper than dinner. So if you're trying to make your way around those different restaurants, don't go for dinner because that's where everyone's going. So they're my, my top two. Of course, like food and drink in Disney, that's where you're going to save the most money if you're clever. So. I think they're both really great tips and they're ones that I tend to pass on as well. I think things like we say lunch rather than dinner or even going like for a late breakfast. So you're already yeah. paying the breakfast price, but then they start bringing all the lunch things out anyway. <laughs> you're finishing. So, you know, you're getting the best of both. Yeah. Having breakfast and then have a bit of lunch as well. And Rosie, I mean, obviously at the moment here in the UK, we can't visit any of the Disney parks, but have you got some tips for us for keeping a bit of Disney magic in all our lives at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing that this whole time, really. So 
I've been doing scrapbooking. So I basically put all my photos from my last Disneyland Paris trip in a scrapbook. I also made like a frame. It's like a box frame, like a memory box frame. So you can put like your tickets, your fast passes, your photos in it and decorate it. And then I put it up in my flat and it's just a nice reminder that one day I'll be going back to a Disney park and then definitely watching films. Also just taking pictures of Disney things you have as well. That just helps me. Again, it reminds me that I'll be going to Disney at some point and just doing Disney quizzes. We've done loads of Disney quizzes and we've we've taken it in turns uh, between us and our friend Danielle to make quizzes on lots of different Disney topics. So yeah, I think just get creative with things that are accessible to you at the moment. And the main thing is to be planning that next trip. That's what keeps it in my mind. Planning all the trips that I will have in the future, wherever that may be, whether it's to Disney World or yeah, out to the Asia Parks or back to Paris. I think it's always nice to have a trip that you're planning, isn't it? Yeah, Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really lovely to speak to you. And as in your podcast, your love of Disney comes over and it definitely did today as well. If people want to listen to your podcast, where can they go and find more information about it? Well, we're very excited. We now come up on Google. So if you just type in a sprinkle of Disney on Google, we come up. We're very excited. Yeah. Um, so we're streaming across basically all the platforms. So we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're kind of America-based, I know Pandora is more popular out there at the minute as well. We're on YouTube as well. So we, we don't have any video, but we just use audio. Um, Rosie, you can tell us a little bit about our Instagram as well. Yeah, so our Instagram is at a Spring of Disney podcast. And on there, we do a lot of photo challenges that we try and get people to take part in, especially at the moment, because you're kind of looking at your past trips and, you know, posting pictures of those. So we try and get people involved with our page that way. We also do some polls on our stories as well. See if there's anything people want us to talk about, because we're always happy to take any ideas. So yeah, we've got our Instagram account. We've also got a Facebook page now as well, which kind of mirrors the content on Instagram. So yeah, you can find us on there. Oh, well, we'll make sure that we include all those details in our show notes as well so people can click through and hopefully find you and have a listen. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Thank you so yeah. much for having us. Yeah. It's been so enjoyable. Yeah, thank, oh, you, thank, so you. Much. thank you Thank you for chatting to us. A huge thank you again to Katie and Rosie. Listening to them always gets me in a happy mood because they clearly have so much passion for Disney and it really comes through when you speak to them, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. And please go and check out the podcast, The Sprinkler Disney. The latest show is going to be about Dumbo, which is one of my mum's favourite Disney films. It always makes her cry. It's such a short film as well. It's not particularly long. I think it's 60 minutes or just over 60 minutes. And we always buy merchandise for her. Whenever we buy Christmas presents, things, we always buy something from Dumbo. So please go and listen to podcasts all about Dumbo. Yeah, I really have to give a shout out to the show where they talk about Katie's experience working at Disney. I mean, she told us a little bit about it, but she talks a lot more in depth on, on that particular episode. Really interesting and, and some proper laugh out loud moments in there, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a very, very funny episode. Uh, make sure you also go and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. You'll find all the details in our show notes. So that's all for this week. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. And if you'd like to find out more about us, please visit our website, fairydaleholidays.co.uk. You can find all the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day. Bye.